In any case, I would like for you to just go absolutely nuts when I announce for you the Sarcastic Royal! Yes, hi, hello. Remember when I used to say that? Last from the past here on our fifth anniversary show. Fifth, okay, seriously, I'm not I'm not gonna make a lot of jokes. I'm also not gonna get weepy. I wanna stay in this nice in-between area, but but really, five years. Yeah. I mean, there is no chance when we sat down to do the first one we said, Hey Matt, let's record an hour of us talking about you watching Mr. Limpet. still one of still one of the greatest things we've ever we've ever done. Yes. But I, I mean, there, there's no chance we thought, hey, we're still going to be doing this in half a decade yep. in almost 200 episodes. I'm going to be honest here. I would have thought podcasts would have burned out by this point. Nah, not me. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing to me that uh, five years ago, uh, uh, Dave, who is to this day our announcer yep. and, and voice acting in his own right, Yep. Uh, came up here for a visit, and I said, hey, Matt, and I've been throwing this podcast idea around. Why don't you jump on mic and uh, record with us? And that yep. was the first thing we ever did. That was it. Yep. Pretty pretty amazing. Like one uh, episode later, we did the uh, we did one with Bob. Yeah, with uh, Back to the Future. Yep. yep. It was the first time I met him. Yep. And the now, first time uh, I met a lot of people. Now, now, look at all the people you've met. Look at all the things we've done. I know. To, uh, to celebrate the occasion, we did uh, get a live space. And this wasn't like in the past where at Emerald City we've paid yeah. inordinate amounts of money, had to run huge fundraisers to pay $1,000 to get a room for an hour. Mm. No, this... Uh... This is the... It's, it's called the Pocket Theater here yep. in Seattle. It's it's a great little space that just opened. We actually kicked off like their opening weekend, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. A uh, dude named Clayton Weller runs that place and... Uh, he does a great job. Like he's yeah. he's very enthusiastic, very encouraging, and he he gave us this opportunity to get in front of people, do our thing, and uh, we we did a selection of our best sketches uh, from the last five years. Damn right. In front of in front of an audience, and it was a blast. So uh, uh, the way we did it was we did it sort of in the style of old radio. Like uh, basically, if you've heard the Thrilling Adventure Hour, that's yeah, we basically took we the Thrilling Adventure Hour concept. Except you know they they ripped off the '30s. Yes. The thirties called, and I would tell, I would relay the message to you, but I was just astounded that a decade could dial a phone. So that's as far as I got. The thirties called, but they're called on an all old timey phone, so the forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies were listening in. Right. Of course, you know Nixon was right there in the seventies, tapping the whole thing. Yes, exactly. Right. Also, Mabel, the operator. Right. Well, you know, it was a party line. She could listen if she likes. Party! Um, party! Yeah, I used to think that's what parties were, was a guy just yelling party every now yep. and then. That's that's what movies taught me. See, I, that's what I used to think food fights were. Just somebody yelling food fight? Yeah. Yeah, that, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in any case, audio-wise, like, we got a good recording of, of, the, uh, of the performance, but there's a lot of us sitting up, you know, sitting down and getting back up and yeah. like shuffling around and stuff like that because we were just reading in mics. There wasn't like a sort of dynamic flow to everything. Yep. So Matt and I are going to be introducing each segment just to just to keep things moving so you know what's going on. If you're very lucky in the voice of Don Pardo. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't patron, start that. No. Patron saint of this weekend. Oh, God. Please, no. <laughs> All right, human. Damn it. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Just when you thought you were out. Uh, they, they pulled me back in. <laughs> uh, so this first sketch Fucking actually... Jason's in Georgia somewhere. Yeah. Yelling in that voice and he has no idea why. 
Oh, he will, Matt. He will. which is 21st century for radio. Yep. Um, you could basically be blind. You, you can poke out your own eyes right now if you like. The important thing is you'll not look at us at all. Yeah, completely do not look at us. Uh, we're flushed, we're sweaty, we're nervous. Uh, seriously though, mostly what we do is audio stuff. This is the first time we've really been in a theater. Yep. In fact, I've always wanted to do this. Excuse me for just a second. Macbeth, 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 Macbeth! I am invincible. Well, now that we're fucked. <laughs> the thing is, while we don't do a, a traditional, like, get out here and act sketch comedy show, we do sketch comedy on the radio, we do audio-based stuff. I, I mean, I love comedy in all its forms. I've always wanted to come out here in a pantomime horse. We, uh, we looked around, we can't actually afford a pantomime horse. They're <laughs> shockingly expensive. We could maybe have gotten the back half, but it would have looked like we were wearing furry pants. I think at one point we found two back halves that didn't match, and that would have just been this really awkward sort of anti-centaur situation. See, I was almost okay with this half Palomino half, but it just it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. But I mean, I love those trappings of yeah, classic, classic comedy. comedy. And I feel like people don't do that stuff enough. We're out here, we're doing the visual yeah. thing. I love, I, I really, really want somebody to come out and slip out of an anfield. Yeah. Uh, or clown ha comedy clown hammer, comedy clown hammer, uh, bottle seltzer uh, in the pants, in the pants, especially cream pie, cream pie. Oh, pie in the face, always a classic. That is the I. You know, I could die happy if I got a pie in the face. See, no one, no one uses these things. It's like they've retired in favor of like I don't know modern humor. I don't know what are people doing now instead of the pie in the face. It feels like that hasn't been replaced by. See, then they just show a video of someone getting hit with a pie in the face back in like you know the nineteen seventies or something. The 1970s is really your your reference point for old time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty me. I don't I understand what my problem is. Oh well, yeah. Before you, the world didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. No, when when prove to me that it did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about the pie in the face gag is it was invented like in the I don't know in the 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 vaudeville like times. Five seconds after the invention of pie. Yeah, exactly. But in but back in like the hobo days, you had like the pie cooling on the windowsill. Yeah, of course. That seems like a real health hazard to me. The thing is, what people don't know is it comes with the evolution of the actual hobo clown. Okay. Oh yeah, like Evan Kelly. What <coughs> what you would do is you would have the hobo hit the pie off the windowsill. It would be too hot. He'd slam it in someone's face. And that would all be scalding. Right. You would have you would be hideously scarred for life. You would have to cover your face in in clown makeup and cover face. the fact that you were. Horribly disfigured for the rest of your life. Right. That's, that, that was Evan Kelly. That was the sad clown. That sad yeah. hobo clown. That was why he was sad, because he had no other options. And right. there was a depression. <laughs> that might be why they retired the uh, pie in the face guy, come to think of it. But, that, uh, really? but really, honestly, I would love someday just to have that happen to me. Like, just before I die, please, pie in the face. I would be so much. Up in your life, let's go. Whatever. Yeah. I'll put, put it in a bucket and get it to you. Put a pie in my bucket. <laughs> I do appreciate that. All right. 
Uh, one other thing you might know, uh, you might know us for, we are infamous for breaking the story of Gene Wilder's death, the actor Gene Wilder. <laughs> Gene himself has not actually heard this news yet, and our listeners uh, wrote to us in droves, uh, insisting that he's actually technically alive, and uh, I would say, I say, prove it to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like your whole yeah. 70s don't exist thing all over again. All you gotta do is present Gene Wilder to me. I will happily acknowledge that he's not dead. Or if we follow like old West Valley Hunter rules, present 51% of Gene Wilder to me. Preferably not the lower half covered in a pencil on horse film. Uh, particularly, yes. Okay, so what you will be seeing now, we're, we're gonna leave, we're gonna let the voice actors come out, the unpaid voice acting players as we call them. Um, Actually, most of them paid to be part of this, which is which is our. That's really business. working out for us. Yeah, uh, one, one guy in particular paid hundreds of dollars just to be here. Yeah. Um. So so laugh just if nothing else for him, just just to make him feel better. Even if the material sucks, it's it's okay. Just just for Jason. Or you know just make him feel awful. That's fine. Right. Uh, but but like I said, we don't get up here and do the, the typical running around and and you know actual physical stuff. It's more of a theater of the mind thing. It's more of a, a old timey radio. We we all dressed up. All but one of us dressed up. <laughs> I was not given a memo. Or oh, memo showed up at all until about five minutes. Were you live in the seventies? Yes. Very well. <laughs> in any event, established that already. Yes. In any event, uh, we will show you a short film that we put together, and then we will press on to the uh, voice portion of the show. So I uh, hope you enjoy. <laughs> So yeah, we, we got off the stage and uh, we, we showed like uh, to, to we initially the plan was to move some stuff around and all that. We ended up not having to do that. But uh, I was really glad about that. The least amount of stuff we needed to move around, the better. Right. Um, but Matt, we, can you pick this thing up and take it back in? Well, I'm going to ruin this scene. <laughs> you didn't, though. You had, a, you had a huge prop moment at the end. Yep. And you nailed it. I was pretty impressed by how well I nailed that, quite frankly. I was, I was pretty impressed scene. with all of that. Yeah, particularly the picture, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this next thing was a movie. Uh, I um, I'm gonna play the audio of it, but uh, you you may need some of the visual to go with it. But uh, just just for a complete uh, feel of uh, of of the show, this is the cows in a segment called tipping. Just haul ass through the streets of Pamplona. They pretty much get free reign. Sounds like a great gig. And the humans just run with them on purpose. That's what I'm saying. They just let these guys do whatever they want. If they happen to gore a human or two along the way, eh, okay, sirrah, sirrah. What's that mean? I think it's Spanish for here's an assload of my horn, you feel-eating prick. Man, if I had that kind of freedom, I would find myself a nice china shop and just... Uh... What the hell just happened to Larry? Oh God, I've heard of this. This is cow tipping. What? Cow tipping. When a human, usually a drunk human, sneaks into a, into the pasture and... Ah, uh, there he goes. There who goes? The cow tipper. It's like I was telling you. Humans are, get drunk on their alcohol, and then they think it's the height of hilarity to push one of us over. How is that funny? Hell if I know. Never been able to figure out humans and their stupid jokes. Hey, Larry! You okay there, buddy? Jesus. Looks like he broke a couple of ribs. Oh my god, they're poking out of his stomach. That can't be good. It's alright. He's got three backup stomachs. What is this, an episode of Star Trek? I like the cows. I also like the cows. I feel like we should do more with them. I like that. I like my cow not having any particular voice. Well, it's just, hey, this is your cow. This is my cow. The thing is, I don't know how to say this, Matt. M- m- most of your characters don't really have voices. Yeah, well, yes. But see, but at I least am... with other characters, I try. 
but see, you have voices. I don't know that that's true. It is true. We've we've Aside established from that. This guy. No, you got uh, you got Aaron. That's true. And uh, I think I think you could do more if you yeah, just tried a uh, little harder. Well, I'm certainly not going to do that. Well, yeah, that's that's really the issue there. Uh, so then we moved on to the to the first like the the big block of of audio sketches, the big block of just you know sort of theater of the mind stuff. Sure. Uh, this is a sketch called Mayor. Uh, this initially Mayor. featured uh, the Brewtown family, Andy, mm-hmm. Marissa, and uh, I, I believe Jaquita, their daughter. Uh, we we tried to recreate the magic of having uh, an actual child there, but uh, unfortunately Danielle is about my age, so uh, she did an outstanding job. But uh, she just you know, I I never really believed she was eleven is the problem. No, really. But uh, she you know she did her best. Sorry, Danielle. Yeah, here's that. Thank you, thank you. I'm honored and humbled to have been chosen as your new mayor. My first act will be to sweep away the corruption of the previous administration. And hey, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, citizen, you may not be happy that your candidate didn't make it into office, but the process has put me here, and I'm going to do my best. This is my house, you jerk! <laughs> was your house? I have been officially declared mayor of it. What are you talking about? Right here, on Foursquare, Daniel McKenzie has become mayor of 16... <laughs> Foursquare is not a legally binding authority! This mayoral decree I signed this morning says differently. And City Hall is behind me on this one, right, Mr. District Attorney? Right, Mr. Mayor. That's my daughter! You have to respect the democratic process, Dan. The people have spoken. Next is a history sketch, which, uh, well, we we do these pretty much every episode. Uh, We have been for for quite some time, yeah. Uh, This is by far my favorite of the history sketches we've done. This is almost exactly as written. Uh, Joe initially did an outstanding job as Kublai Khan. Yeah, uh, I fucking love... uh... Uh, Jason's... Uh, yeah, Jason did an outstanding Kublai Khan as well. Like, I, I don't know, putting the two up against each other, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, yeah. It was my secret hope that somebody would catch the uh, Citizen Kane reference in the middle there, but uh, that I would out, out there somewhere hear one, woo, but uh, not not so much. Huh, Orson Welles is here tonight, apparently. Yeah. Ma! I love I love small theater. <laughs> I bought three seats. <laughs> I'm not Maurice LaMarche. Yes. Yes. I mean, no. So here's that. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. The late 13th century. The dust was settling from the Crusades in the Middle East. Western Europe found it was still largely ignorant of the people that lay beyond. A pair of merchants, Niccolo and Machio Polo, had made their way through much of Asia in the 1260s and returned to their native Venice in 1269. Two years later, they set off again, this time bringing Niccolo's 17-year-old son Marco along with them. 
day 766. This place sucks and is roped into this stupid voyage with the promise of griffins and unicorns and dragons. I saw some elephants, which were kind of cool the first couple of times, I guess. But now they're just a smelly nuisance and they won't shut up about how good their memories are. Yeah, we get it. We have to write stuff down. We also don't drop shit so oh, I oh, Dad, I hate it here. All my friends are joining the crusades in North Africa without me. Oh, yes, and if your friends develop stigmata, would you do that too? <laughs> Why can't we go back to Venice? Damn it, son. It took us two years to get here. We're going to meet my old friend Kublai Khan today, and tomorrow we're going to go looking for more spices. Oh my god, spices are so boring! All we ever do is look for spices! If these people had any spices, we wouldn't have to keep eating bowls of plain rice. I hate boring food! Why can't we have any pizza? No, it hasn't been invented yet. Look, I know these people's ways are strange. And we have these with sticks. Can we show them how to invent a fork at least? Stop saying that. It wasn't funny the first hundred times you said it. <laughs> ah, afternoon guards. Where are the polos? We have a two o'clock with the con. Remember on the boat when I didn't stop dangling my feet in the wire and trying to turn the boat around and take me home? Is that ever still on the table? Be silent. Let's <laughs> all stand here and pay attention. I hate it, Jim. I think that point has been made abundantly clear, yes. Ah, <clears throat> uh, mighty God! Nicky Polo, you old so-and-so, eh? Good to see you again, eh? Uh, this must be young Marco. Hey, why don't you sound like you're from China? Why don't you sound like you're from Italy? You say. <laughs> This is quite the stately Thunder Dome you built here. What do you call it? Xanadu! <laughs> Alright, now we are here in Xanadu. Quiet, Marco. <laughs> Sorry, Great Khan. Xanadu. That has a nice ring to it. Yeah, doesn't it just. We're planning to build this whole giant zoo in the south wing. You know, boy to the air, fish of the sea, beast of the field, jungle, that sort of thing. Wow, that'll be the biggest private zoo since Noah. <laughs> What the hell is Sam? He's, uh, never mind. I'll leave you some literature. Uh, Marco, can you, uh, where's Marco? Well, your boy seems to run off. Shall I, uh, send some cards or, uh... Ah, uh, Confucius H. Christ. He just all found a swimming pool. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, let me go get him. We'll just go. Ah, it's fine. Forget about it. Boys will be boys. You won't find him. I'll waive the mandatory beheading just this once, you old rascal. <laughs> Thanks, KK. Oh, you won. Jesus, swimming pool? This is like an inland ocean. Where the hell is that boy? Marco! <laughs> Call out! <laughs> Next is a sketch, uh, well, this is an ongoing tradition. I don't know if I've ever explicitly said this, but I like to play presidents. Yes, you do. This started as sort of an accident when, back when it was the only voice actors on the show were me and Matt and occasionally Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I just ended up playing a lot of presidents and I started, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's keep this going. Let's, uh... See how many presidents I could be. Yeah, and then now we have good voice guys, and Jason's like, you know, I I do an amazing, you know, Nixon, and Joe's like, I I do a great Kennedy. Nope, sorry, sorry, Pre presidents are my thing. I'm I'm sure you guys do great uh, whatevers. Those guys are are by far better performers, better mimics than I, yeah. better actors. But, uh, but sorry, that's just my. my I will bit be now. playing all presidents. I believe I'm up to seventeen of them now. 
that's pretty impressive. I actually wrote them on my on my, one of my many whiteboards here at SVHQ, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, this was this was me playing Warren G. Harding, and I was I was really pleased with uh, with how the, with how this turned out. Are you the boy detective? I am Joey Conklin at your service. Any reasonable mystery solved? Five dollars a day plus expenses. Reasonable mystery? Yeah. Some kid tried to pass off his homework as a mystery once. I told him I'm only 11, and I barely know how to spell trigonometry, much less do it. <laughs> but he held me to my word. Ugh. Anyway, what can I do for you? My parents live on the other side of town, and they were thinking of buying a house in this neighborhood, except everyone says that house is haunted. Right, the old Mitchell place. And you want me to prove that it's haunted? If you could just give me a picture of a ghost there, my parents might consider moving someplace else. Oh, sure. I'm particularly qualified to sniff out ghosts. You are? Sure. My partner is a ghost. Ah! Meet my good friend, the ghost of President Warren G. Harding. Is he? Do you? uh, Are you the one haunting the Mitchell house? Oh, he's not haunting anyone. He's my business partner and my good pal. I was the 29th president of the United States. I signed the 40 McCumber tariff. <laughs> You're probably wondering what the G stands for. Go on, ask him. It's Gamaliel. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So yeah, President Harding and me can totally find your ghost. He knows lots of ghosts. Herbert Hoover and I brunch once a month. I wasn't, I can't, I don't, I don't think I can handle this. I have to go. Dang it. Another case lost. And we're no close to sorting out the teapot dome scandal, so my spirit can finally be laid to rest. <laughs> that was one of those where every time I would do the uh, the president voice, you would lose it a little bit. And that made me happy. I, I love the line, it's gamble mail. Yep. That's, that's what the, it is. The last line of that sketch is a favorite of mine, actually. And we're no close to solving the teapot dome scandal and laying my spirit to rest yeah nate uh who did an outstanding job of that read that and it's like i don't get this is this some america thing and it's like no the joke is nobody knows that stuff <laughs> like trust me nobody knows what the teapot dome scandal is we've all heard of it but nobody knows what the hell it is also if you look at a picture of warren g harding you cannot imagine any voice other than that voice coming ah. out of it. Uh, this next one, Amanda pointed out to me, is a sketch that every time I make any kind of compilation of our best of or, or stuff that represents the show or whatever, this always makes the cut. And she doesn't really understand why. It's it's a good sketch, but it's not as good as maybe some of her others, she thinks. I disagree. Which one is this? It's called Volcano. Ah, uh, yes. Man's the best stuff yet. I wonder if you can leave a Yelp review of Volcano Views. <laughs> I'm still on hold. Shit. Uh, with Ryan Insurance Company. How can I help you? Uh, well, I've been, I'm quoting for insurance for my house. Well, we can certainly do that. What type of area is your house in? Uh, area type. Uh, I guess, well, I guess, uh, the slopes of a volcano? Is that what you're looking for? Ooh. <laughs> on a volcano, eh? That's not gonna make it too expensive. Well, that can depend. When was the last eruption? Uh, hold on, I'll check. Yeah, it's, it's still erupting now. <laughs> My God, you need to get out of there. But I have to get insurance. My wife told me to. Eleanor, why did you take her, you firing boat? <laughs> uh, 
I'll get my revenge on you. How do you like being fudge? This is largely made by Bob's frantic wail of uh, how do you like being funched? And it is funched with an F. Was that just another, like, left-in typo? No. That was, he, he gave me a really outstanding read initially in in the original recorded version. He goes, why do you like being funched? Like, he just, he was he was slobbering and just, he, he did it really well. And uh, and that's how it came out. Well, and it's it just it's it sounded that much better. So in this version of the script, I changed it. Uh, Duncan did an outstanding job of getting into character for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, uh, just before the show, uh, Jason went to a store, bought a bought a soda, and ran back and was like, "Guys, I need a dollar badly." Like the guy just gave me this soda, and I promised him I'd bring back a dollar. Mm-hmm. And Duncan's like, "Well, I was saving this for the show, but here." And so Dun- uh, Jason ran back with his dollar and. and and everyone's like, Duncan, what, what did you need a dollar for the show for? He's like, well, for the for the cocaine bit. I wanted to roll up a dollar bill. And uh, and so Danielle gave him a Canadian, I believe, five. Yep. To snort his cocaine through. The show must go on, as they say. Yep. One of my favorite things about this weekend was the developing uh, uh, hatred between Jason and Duncan. I thought you were going to say Duncan's uh, developing cocaine habit. Well, I enjoyed that, too. I just didn't want to say anything. I assume Bob listens to this show. Well, he was there. Well, for, yeah. for the whole thing, so you know it's okay. He he, he knows. Yeah, he he that knows. Fully it's supports Duncan's cocaine. But yes, the the growing rivalry <laughs> between the two youngest members of our troop, <laughs> Jason Wallace and Duncan Bosco, it was delightful to be there from the beginning of what what appears to be a lifelong utter hatred of one another. Yep. So uh, yeah, that was that was great. Uh, next is Nick and Willikins, which uh, yeah, anyone who's listened to the show for more than like three episodes knows this is one of our go-tos mm-hmm. this was initially written for a for a live setting actually we wrote this for emerald city i thought it went over really well there so hardly changed anything at all um and uh I, this this turned out really well this is honestly matt there was there was a period late in nick and willikins and i feel bad because i haven't come up with it like we're out of english stuff yeah but there's a period sort of late in the bits run where you really started to find nick Oh yeah, like you just completely like that 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 long serial that I wrote where he got clunked on the head and they went back in time and all this stuff and he plays like three different guys and there's actually kind of an arc and a story. Yep. You fucking you were like you did really good job of that. If there's this... one thing I've discovered over the years, it's my uh, ability to play a upper class British twit. Well, th- we were talking earlier about what voices you can do. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Put that on your resume. Can do Nick. But like in that in Boy, that, that doesn't read quite like I'd hoped it would. <laughs> in that bit I'm talking about, you did not only Nick, but also uh, once he had upper classness beaten senseless into him by Good Grain and Petunia, you did upper class Nick, like refined Nick. Yep. And then you did like uh, when he thought he was the doctor Nick. Like you, yes, you, Dr. you, Nick. you acted your ass off in that thing. Doctor Nick Riviera. Yes. Hi everybody. <laughs> Hello, oh. Doctor Nick. Hello, but uh, this this oh, is oh no the coroner. <laughs> this is no exception. Uh, you you did a you did a fantastic job in this as well. Thanks, there's sir. there's some um, there's some stage directions in here that say uh, your first stage direction is excited, then your next one is utterly delighted. Yep. And then I believe after that somehow even more delighted than before. 
Mm-hmm. And you managed to somehow just like, like you threw out the mic. Like it's just, it's, oh, it's, it's, Nick will break a microphone. Yep. When you do it right, that is true. There's also a lot of flailing. Yep. Also, um, great performance out of, out of young Jason here as the, Absolutely. Uh, as the Doctor Who cosplayer. Um, we were trying to hone in, like, it's hard for a guy like him who does good accents to do a bad accent. Yeah. The whole point of the beginning of this bit is that he's got a terrible English accent. And I, I said, um, I just happened to be watching something that referenced uh, Mary Poppins. I said, that's it. Do Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Ooh, worst British accent. The British accent's so bad, England is still mad about it. Yeah. Well, so he did that as a point of departure. Mm-hmm. But then from there, he came up with this great idea. Like, I'm not saying, oh, my directing saved it. No, not at all. First of all, he, he nailed the performance I asked for. Mm-hmm. Second, he added this element of suddenly he would be Scottish for half a line. Yeah, I loved the uh, the idea that the guy's accent was so bad that it kept drifting into other Yeah, accents. wandering the British Isles. Yes. And then he would, like, dr- to overcompensate, drift over into Welsh or something, yep. and it was it was just delightful. So here's that. And all the adventures of Nick and Willikens. Of all the recurring characters on Sarcastic Voyage, Nick and Willikens are two of them. Is some kind of wealthy man-child. And Willikins, go on, show Willikins to the people. <laughs> because people have butlers in 2014, apparently. Nick and Willikins are English. That's it. That's the entire joke. Somehow these two have managed to look at premise for three years now. Personally, they won't be using the puppets for the sketch because puppets are for small children and stupid people. <laughs> and so, we join our heroes at Warlock Again, the third most popular science fiction and fantasy convention in Eastern North America. <laughs> Attention wizards, Jedi, superheroes, those Avatar guys, and people who hastily threw on a bow tie and a fez and call it a costume. <laughs> Seriously guys, you're not fooling anybody. The star of BBC TV's Sherlock and the not remotely disappointing Star Trek Into Darkness <laughs> will be signing autographs in the Gene Wilder Memorial Pavilion in <laughs> You all know who I'm talking about. There's no way I'm reading that name. Willikins, let's go see Benabit Humperbatch and then we can ride the pony again! Sir, you are aware that this isn't a petting zoo, aren't you? That pony you rode earlier was two gentlemen in a pantomime costume dressed as Twilight Spark. They have the panto here too. Willikins, this petting zoo is brilliant! Also, Willikins, how do you know so much about my little pony? Are you a closet brownie? This is hardly. Uh, sir, watch out for that tongue! Oh, bloody hell. Why, where you're going, my boy? Willikins is the doctor! To Royal Land. I've followed the Doctor's adventures all my life, and I'm still not sure what it is he gets up to. I've an ear infection I'd like you to take a look at, and I think there might be a toad in my hole. Uh, no, I'm not that kind of Doctor Latin. I'm here to save England from the Dalek menace. Well, is it Christmas already? Then <laughs> we'll save England from your rubbish accent. My companions, well, slave, really. It's right. He does sound very English, not like we does. Cool 
a race full of beans, we is, and you'll jolly off your trolley if you think you're fooling anyone's. I always fancy myself a bit of an anglophile. At a comic convention, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was passing. I've studied all the grades. Mon Python, Red Wharf, Blackadder. Well, that all very slowly checks out. <laughs> Do you want help learning to be more English, Dr. Fake, Dr. Mr. Sir? I can help. Willikins. Help him. <laughs> and so, our heroes found refuge from the teeming throngs in a quiet and empty spot. It was labeled Tron 4. <laughs> Williams worked tirelessly to school the hopeless young nerd in the ways of the British, while Nick wandered off to play with a rake, which he found at a steampunk farm implement booth. I'm going to find it whilst, not while. I think you'll find shut the hell up. I'm dragged on, but thankfully we can just gloss over that with some deft narration, and we won't have to subject you to every tedious moment of it. Sometime later, this dialect with which you've assisted me is phenomenal. Well done, you. Yeah, except you don't sound anything like the Ninth Doctor. You need more of a northern accent, and you're BBC English all the way. Wrong region, snaghead. <laughs> Excuse me, are you dressed as Xena? The warrior princess? That's right. Well, that's not very current at all. I wanted to come as one strong female character from the summer's blockbuster movies, <laughs> but I couldn't think of that. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a cheap shot. This feels like a cheap shot. What does that even mean? What makes me feel very out of my element? Soundly uncomfortable. Willikins, I've never seen you this willful before. I should have you frozen in carbonite for that. Yeah, I think there's a booth over there that can do that. Hang on, aren't you? It's just, I thought you were a cosplayer. I just assumed you were doing a Downton Abbey thing. Oh, yes! I can totally see that! He's, um, uh, Carson! I thought you were a bloke. Why on earth would a bloke watch a girly soap opera like that? Little Squid has a point. Anyway, he's clearly Mr. Bates. Come now, Mr. Bates. There must be a table. Willikins, you come right back here this minute! You can, you can't go with that girl. She's you must be four years older than her. She's pretty in character to me. <laughs> this is where we usually end with a cliffhanger and the illusion that these people are intentionally telling a long-form story. <laughs> It's not a very good illusion. But if you somehow, impossibly, like what you heard here, tune into the Sarcastic Voyage podcast for the further adventures of Nick and William. What are you supposed to do with the ones he's got, anyway? Uh, next is uh, another movie. We did a puppet video, but uh, this originally appeared in audio form. This is Mustache Charlie. This is one of those bits that... I don't care if anyone likes it. I was so pleased with it that, yep. uh, you know, it's such a small part of the show usually that uh, go fuck yourself. This one's for me. <laughs> that said, yeah, um, somebody in the audience really seemed to like it. Yeah. Which made me really, really happy. Mustache Charlie has his fans. Let's just throw that out. There I, I mean, most people seem to like the jingle. Yeah. 
but uh, but the the idea of this guy just like constantly almost walking into total catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I'm I'm glad someone else gets it. Is all they laughed at all the right places and made me very very happy. The line, fortunate as luck would have it, my mother died. All <laughs> that's, those kills. That's what I found the character. Yep. Like when I was when I was writing that first bit, it was like okay, it'd be funny to have this set just before all these disasters, and he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know what he's like, and what he's like is everything's gonna be okay. I I just fell into a pit of gators, but you know what? Alligator meat's tasty. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something like that. Then, as luck would happen, my mother my died. My mother died and left me this abandoned warehouse. <laughs> also, he didn't do it live, but Bob, always, always fantastic as, yep. uh, as Mustache Charlie. Hey there, I'm Mustache Charlie. When I came back from Vietnam, I had no money, no prospects, and no appreciable skills. My wife, who had just had a miscarriage of another man's baby, walked out on me. Things were looking pretty grim for old Mustache Charlie. But then, as luck would have it, my mother died and left me this abandoned warehouse that I was able to convert into a restaurant. We put a fresh coat of lead paint on the place and our kitchen's been duly insulated with asbestos because we put safety first. And now, we're open for business. New for 1981, Mustache Charlie's is fun for the whole family. Your kids will love our brightly colored fun meals, now with 30% more red dye number two. Come for the food and stay for the jarts tournament. Mustache Charlie's, what could go wrong? Mustache Charlie, one, two, three. Mustache Charlie, four, five, six. Exit 26 in Centralia. This next bit is actually two bits. Um, you could get a shave and a haircut for this next segment. Or lure a tune out of a wall. Yeah. Or, or also do that with the mm-hmm. old shave and a haircut bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this this was uh, two things that we wrote about the fictitious uh, fast food place McBurgerdies. Yep. Which is a terrible name that I made up when I was eight years old and thought it would be funny and just held on to it. That's that's what happens sometimes. I'm sure you got stuff in the show like that too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, this this was hilarious when I was little. Let's put it in the show. People will think so. Uh, this was the, the first bit is something from a recent, like, I want to say an episode or two ago of yeah. SV, like very, very recent, 2014 recent. It's a good intro to the uh, the concept, though. I like the... Yeah, and, and... Danielle did a fuck of a good read on it. Yeah, she did. The thing about Danielle, and it's going to sound like I'm I'm speaking ill of her for a minute, but I'm going somewhere with this. We had, we had a little trouble at first. Like, I didn't feel like she was quite clicking i didn't feel like she was quite delivering the performances i wanted and then i realized what the problem was she's a good actor yeah she wasn't comedy acting she was acting there's a, there's a scene coming up in a, in a later sketch where she's supposed to be crying and i actually felt like bad yeah like it really sounded like she was crying and when she came over one day and i gave her some notes and she now she just nails everything mm-hmm. and i realized oh yeah i gotta i gotta tell her no, make make funny voices. She's she's new to what we do, and she she read words, and she's like, oh, act, like no no, act stupid. <laughs> oh no no, no one here can no one here can act. Right, no 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 no, stop stop that. No, just do something dumb. Oh oh oh, I get it now. How good's your British accent? Right. Oh, very good, excellent. Yeah, you'll, you'll do that. Well, you'll fit in well here. Yep, <laughs> more of that, please. But no, she absolutely nailed this bit, and uh, oh yeah, and this this seemed to get some laughs. I can't tell what got laughs at all. This has one of my favorite uh, uh, sketch endings ever. Well, yeah, the, the second half of this is is Matt as his uh, renowned, uh, acclaimed character, Food Guy. Yep. Which I believe we were just, we wrote this one together. 
Yes, we did. And uh, I, I believe we just, ah, uh, fuck it. It doesn't matter. We're not going to say his name. Call him Food Guy. Let's move yeah. on. And then everyone's I like, like everyone, I, I think I left him out of the casting document and everyone's like, who gets to play Food Guy? <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh, Matt gets to play. Oh, of course. Motherfucker. Keep all the good roles for yourself. That's right. Hey, there are perks to being the co-host, okay? Yeah, you get to be Food Guy. I get to be Nick. I get to be Food Guy. Yep. Now, most of the recurring pairs of characters are me and you. Yeah. Well, that's how that usually works. This is the Doc Hammer Jackson Public School of Acting. Yeah, and Mitchell and Webb also do that. That too. Yeah. I mean, most most sort of pairings that have other people working for them, that's that's how it goes. And yep. uh, we have the cows, we have Nick and Wilkins, we have Frank and Sandra, who oddly didn't make it into the live show. Yeah, I think uh, I think the combination of Frank and Sandra and the Aaron sketch probably... Would have sent would... them screaming? Yeah. I believe so, yes. For those of you who don't know, this is a bit... I don't know that we've called these characters out by name. This is the guy who talks like this. And this is the guy who talks like this. And then we do three minutes of word association. I'm a woman. Uh, you're a Roman. <laughs> and so on. Yes. Um. Yeah, so we, we didn't want to, to drive them away, so uh, we picked one, and I think we picked correctly. Yes. In any case, food guy, great sketch, and as you say, great ending. Because it just kind of stops. Yep. The problem we had here was uh, the uh, Clayton was um, working a bunch of stuff at once, and uh, he hadn't actually heard the set all the way through, and so I'm not sure he always knew when to do the lights. Yeah. Which would have been the only indication to the audience that hey, the sketch is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were like, "Do we do we laugh? Do we clap? Oh, they're moving around oh, now. What do we on. what do okay. we do? Fine. Yeah. I you know, but that's that's just. That's the the risk we take when you don't write a punch. That's the point of a punchline. Yeah, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. Next time we'll bring a snare drum to roll on. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And uh, Rorschach to play it. <laughs> but Matt, I'm Pagliacci. <laughs> Good joke. Everybody laugh. Inches, Why on earth would you do that? One of our guests like 
experience of eating two meals at once. It really feeds their contempt for the poor. Next one is called Sexy TV. Yep. Uh, this one uh, largely comprised of uh, pre-recorded bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few things I wanted to work in, people that couldn't be there and so forth. Uh, Sabrina was was definitely one of them. Yeah, uh-huh. very much missed on the the live yeah. show. Yeah, there, there were three people I really, really wanted to be there, and I know they couldn't, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be absolutely sure that, that they were there in some form, in pre-recorded yes. form, and that was Sabrina, Joe, and Dave. Mm-hmm. We've had lots of other people contribute over the years, and, and I love them all, and, and they've done all a fantastic job, or they wouldn't have been on the show in the first place. Mm-hmm. But these three are regular contributors that have been there for a very long time and are yep. a big part of the show even now. And I wanted to make sure all three of them were in there. And Dave was in there at the uh, Nick and Willikins thing. Uh, Sabrina was in this and, and also in an upcoming thing, and, and Joe was at the very end. So yep. uh, we did work them all in. But this... this uh, this was also a fairly recent one. Amanda actually picked this one, said this was like one of the ones she wanted to see in there. So uh, when um, when we were doing the rehearsal for this, uh, we get to the Mad Hatter, the Mad Hatter <laughs> line, and I lost my fucking shit. And, I wasn't gonna embarrass you with that story. And I was like, "Well, there's Matt laughing at his own jokes again," <laughs> to which I replied, "That was me." Yeah. <sighs> see, I'm allowed to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. This you is all about feel bad, celebrating and, and, you know, so forth. I don't want to be a dick. Ladies, gentlemen, the SVN TV network has struggled near the bottom of the pack for too long. But this year, I'm confident that we can claw our way back to the top. Our flagship series this fall, Sexy Alice, takes a more mature approach to Alice in Wonderland, which is an approach that we feel... Mr. Harrison, sir... Sorry to interrupt, but KTO is doing their upfronts right now, and I'll have a look, sir. If you think you know Wonderland, you don't know Alice. I'm ready for you, Mr. Hatter. (laughs) (laughs) Turn it off. How? How did they get this? This was our idea. Our highly original idea. Nobody has ever thought of making a sexy version of Alice in Wonderland before us. Okay. Well, you ladies and gentlemen are going back to the drawing board, and you're going to help me come up with the most adult reimagining of a thing that isn't particularly suited for an adult reimagining that we can think of. Being composed of five different sets of organs means five times the passion. Its fire cannot be contained by mere neck bolts because this fire. <laughs> fire good. Sundays this fall. kind of sexy TV arms race. Sure, I've got it. I know how we can win this. I'm listening. Let's take this in completely the opposite direction. How do you mean? Jeannie and Susan Lannister aren't just brother and sister. They're best friends. So 
this next one is called Sketch Shop. This is easily the most meta thing I've ever written. I love how classic sketch, like, Monty Python sketch this is, too. Well, it's gotta, it's gotta start with a, with a door and a bell. Mm-hmm. When we initially talked about doing this, and I thought, maybe we could get rid of most of the sound effects, maybe we could foley stuff, maybe, you know, something. No, this one's gotta have a door and a bell. Yeah, it doesn't work without the door and the bell. No. And I love casting Bob and Duncan with each other. Shockingly, they have very good chemistry. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, as a father and son, mm-hmm. I, I mean, imagine, imagine playing in a comedy sketch with your father. No. Yeah. No. The same. <laughs> but these two, not only both are are of that of of that inclination, but they're also uh, quite good at it, and good they at have, it, yeah. they have chemistry, and I like putting them together and stuff. That's that's one of the things I love about that history sketch. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, because I get the feeling that they're not actually like that usually. Like the Duncan is the actual grumbly teenager and mm-hmm. Baba's be quiet and behave. Like, I, I just, I don't think that's their dynamic usually. I think you've made that abundantly clear. Oh God, I love that. <laughs> but um, with Sketch Shop, this was just me getting as meta as you could possibly. Like, I don't think you can get any more meta than this. And I, I wanted, I had hoped that uh, some some of our writer friends would, would show... Um, for the show, and unfortunately, a lot of them did make it. But, mm. um, but this is basically just one of my sketches for writers. And if if you don't think about sketch comedy the way I do, you you probably won't really follow. But uh, also a reference here to uh, the song "Dead Puppies." Again, didn't expect the woo, or didn't get the woo I was expecting. Unfortunate. We're in a, genius is never appreciated in time, Al. That's true. One day. Yep. One day, a time traveler will come back and watch that live show. Yes. I I, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, here's that. Hello, sir. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, hi. I'd like to buy a comedy sketch, please. Well, you've come to the right place. How? Do you specialize in comedy sketches? Well, not necessarily, sir, but you've walked into a shop and asked for something. That's one of the most common ways to get a comedy sketch. I see. So, uh, what are my options? Well, I've got the standard thinly veiled social commentary. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How does that go? Well, you'd come in like you did, and you'd say something like, I'd like to return this military drone! It's been shooting at people it shouldn't be shooting at! <laughs> that's horrible. That's not comedy, is it? Ah, uh, I'm afraid so, sir. <laughs> if you think that's dark, though, there's worse. There's gallows humor. You just shot that puppy! <laughs> I did! Did you get it? I did! <laughs> that was horrible! Well, humor is subjective. You could try to return it as faulty merchandise, but that's been done. How about this? What on earth is... It's surreal. We're doing a nonsense sketch now. It's a bowl of pudding with a beanie cap on it. No, it isn't. That's my son! And I'll not have you insulting him. No, 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 no. <laughs> this won't do it all. I thought comic sketches were supposed to make me laugh. Well, there's a... This is a real crowd pleaser. What is it? The pop culture awareness sketch. Let's see. I like the way you died, puppy. What was that? Uh, it's from that movie, Django Unchained. I never saw that. All you did was remind me that the puppy was dead. <laughs> yeah, not much fun, is it? Okay, I have one more thing, and then I'm out of ideas. It's called meta. It's when you're aware you're in the comedy sketch. Oh yeah? How does that work? Well, in the hands of a clever writer, it's a device that can self-reflexively comment on the overall concept of humor in general and the form of sketch comedy in specific. 
But in less skilled hands, the writer basically just uses it to acknowledge that he doesn't know how to end it. <laughs> Next is a sketch that Amanda wrote. Uh, it's called Fooling Grandmas. I think it might be the first thing she wrote for the show, actually. This is bit, this one. This is something that's uh, been in Amanda's craw for many years. Oh, mine as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, having worked at Electronics Boutique and some video stores, I've seen a lot of these grandma traps. Yep. And uh, we actually very recently on the show brought back uh, Fun Time Entertainment mm-hmm. as uh, the producers of the Lincoln Log movie. So I guess they, uh, the, uh, the actual character failed in his quest to have them shut down. Right. Poor guy. And now, uh, now they exist in, my, in, in this ridiculous like continuity world that I'm building. So, uh, so they may happen again. One of the things I always loved about this one is the weird language that the the grandma character has. Yeah, absolutely. And and Danielle had to change a little bit of it just because like she couldn't really wrap her mouth around locks. Locks. Which, hey, the way a, a British granny talked a hundred years ago, come on, isn't yeah, this relatable on. to you? No, she did it. She did an outstanding job. And and uh, what's nice is we rehearsed enough that the the performers got comfortable enough to to change stuff around and, and make it work for them and. Uh, I think this really works. She did a great mm-hmm. job. I, I really want to, I'd say the uh, the, the big uh, key player of this one is Nate. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but he totally nails that sarcasm of, oh, you got me this. Great. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that is, I'm, I'm so pleased with that. So I'll always that. be a fan of, oh, yes, a tiger. Grr. Grr, yes. Grandmothers, they pick you up when you fall down. They bake cookies like nobody else. The word of their cyborg enhancements allow you to see. Oh wait, is that just me? But Funtime Entertainment is trying to hurt your grandmother. Haven't you noticed this happening more and more? Oh, goodness, what a lovely day to be the market. And how fortuitous the latest animated movie picture crew of my good great-grandchildren are raving about is right here at the check stand. Ah, yes, the lion who wants to be in charge of everyone but has a little uncle. I think they basically want the that. And it gets worse. Come here, I've got you one of those teeny shirts I've seen your shirts wearing. Um, money. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Grandma. It's free. I know how much your kids love those old-timey monsters. And who can forget this disappointing Christmas? It's a game book. Oh, no, it's not. It's a game lad. That nice fellow at the Woolworths that was very popular. It's the Tiger LCD version of Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> a tiger. Yes, Funtime Entertainment is responsible for all of these grandma traps and so many more. Isn't it time to put an end to their Jane Foolery? Aren't you tired of getting those presents? Join us in boycotting Funtime Entertainment and spare your grandma the embarrassment that she's too oblivious to feel anyway. <laughs> Bless her little cyborg hearts. <laughs> Uh, next is Monster Under the Bed. This is yep. uh, one of the first great sketches that Matt ever wrote. This is my baby. Yeah. This was like, like, you know, we started, we wrote a bunch of stuff for a while, and the first time I was like, shit, we might be onto something here, Matt. This is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is pretty much as written. Like, we, I think I added a sound effect because it worked better live. But yeah. apart from that, 
And uh, Danielle absolutely nailed this one. Nate gave a completely different read than Joe's original awesome read and yep. gave it equally awesome spin in a whole other direction. I love that we're writing stuff that's that can be interpreted different ways. Like I know, right? It's it makes me feel like a writer. Like like if you listen to the original version that Joe did, he fucking nails it. And then this is actually Joe's along. first big great performance yeah. for us. And then Nate comes along and also nails it. But in an but entirely in other fashion. direction. Yeah. Like in a, in a much more subdued way, which made yeah. it funny in a whole other like they're both funny, but just in different ways. Yeah. And it worked really well. But but the star of this one is absolutely Bob, who every time Every time in uh, rehearsal, every time he's played this character in other sketches, I'm like, "How? I thought I pitched your voice up last time. How did you do that? Nope, that's just all, that's 100% all natural Bob. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, but he, he absolutely has like a, a, a kid voice in him, which is, you know, handy. Good night, Josh. Um, can you leave the light on? I'm worried about the monster under my bed. No, Josh. You can't sleep with the light on. It's bad for your eyes, and I don't like the idea of you being away while I'm pleasuring your own. Well, <laughs> then can I have the gun? Not until you learn to assemble and disassemble the property. Now go to your eyes. Great. Now I'm going to get eaten. She gone? Yes, monster, she's gone. Ah, oh, thank Christ. What? That's not okay. My mom is nice. Yeah, she is. Jeez, you seen her? Of course I've seen her. Yeah, but have you really seen her, man? Of course you haven't. You see her with a child's eyes. I, I look at her as any young man can. <laughs> what does that mean? You two young men, you two young men stand here. You can't begin to imagine how a monster can appreciate such a fine specimen of womanhood. That's really weird. <laughs> Get her back in here. What? Get her back in here or I'll... Eat you. Oh, God, Mom! Mom! What is it, Josh? The monster, Mommy. Hey, where'd he go? I can't let you deal with this right now, Josh. Josh will still be here when you get back. Right, Josh? 
What is happening? <laughs> is nobody going to eat me? going to eat me yeah that's i think that was jason's favorite like yeah that's the one he was still laughing at every time uh this next one is a very another very traditional sketch uh football yep which is just what if the mascots played each other that's it I love that, that, that concept that's the premise but uh i enjoyed it and you can tell amanda's contribution there is one turn of phrase that is unmistakably hers which is uh leaving them for dead in the black unforgiving ocean yeah that's that's her all right that's her so here's that. Yet just joining us at this postseason exhibition game, where the teams have agreed to pit their various mascots against one another on the field of play. Here are some results from earlier games. The Jets strafe the Buccaneers, handily sinking their ships and leaving them for dead in the black, unforgiving ocean. The Falcons devour the Cardinals. Ooh. Frankly, never had a chance. And now we join what promises to be a brutal contest here as the Lions face off against the Bear. That's right, Chuck. The crowd seems positively riveted out there this afternoon. Uh, there's a whistle and it looks like the game has begun. Here's the kickoff. The Bear's receiving and look at that grizzly go! He's on the 40, the 30. Touchdown, Bears! How about that? Well, it's no surprise, Tony. This team is in fine form. They're hungry, and frankly, they're keen to prove the athletic capabilities of a pack of bears. <laughs> is it a pack, or uh, I think it's a sleuth, actually. Ah, nature is weird. <laughs> it sure is, but it makes for some damn good football. Uh-oh. Unsportsmanlike conduct, offense, no touchdown. Oh, looks like that Bears little victory dance cost them the touchdown. And it looks like that call just cost the referee his life. <laughs> and now the field has descended into chaos as first the Bears and now the Lions begin tearing into the rest, the spectators, and, of course, each other. It's a pretty gruesome sight down there. Oh, God! Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> How kick-ass a, 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 a sports reporter is Duncan, by the way. Oh, both of them. Really got that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Again, another example of the initial take was, uh, again, Joe. Mm. And you can tell how much we miss Joe because he, he he was in a lot of the originals of these. Mm. And it was it was hard to replace him. Um, he, he gave it a John Madden spin. He's sort of this kind of guy. Hey, Chuck, you got to really think, you know. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. But and then Duncan, I told him just you, what you got to do is not do a similar voice to Jason. You have to sound like two distinct guys. That's the only direction I gave him, and he totally nailed it and just took it in another direction. Mm -hmm. And again, it's great that we're writing stuff that that the actors like. We have good enough actors that they can do that. Yeah. So you know, sucks that Joe couldn't be there, but but Duncan really stepped up on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, next is um. Well, I would have done an hour of this if I could have. <laughs> not even kidding. Aaron Fawcett. Coming up next on SPFM, it's Mysteries of the Unexplained with Aaron Fawcett. Brought to you by Winchester Times. 
Evening Believers, it's 2 a.m. and it's time to start exploring the shadows. I'm your host, Aaron Fawcett, and we'll be going non-stop till 5 a.m. when the cooter and the bear arrive to send the sheep off to their meaningless day jobs. Getting you all caught up last night, I successfully removed the tooth with the government tracking chip in it. I'm on my fourth day without sleep, and I successfully demagnetized the sonar barcode in my money. Let's get straight to your calls. Unfathomable enigmas, you're on the air. You called me, caller. What's this call regarding? I want your insurance that is safe to leave my home and venture out for a scrap of your life. No deal, caller. It's unsavory out there, and all of you know it. Stick to your guns and gun down your sticks for bad-mouthing you, the smug sons of bitches. Line four, you're on the air. Around? I'm a small Midwestern town named McCutcherville. How can I lower the taxes on my back? Ah, the old sentient city defense. Listen, you... Town, you come back when you're a principality or something. I'm a busy man on my way somewhere. You make a good point, Aaron. I'll call back when I have more to say. I'm a village. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I have very few rules on this show, but I do not respond to terrorists, cracks about my weight, or any caller larger than a city bus. Hello, this is city bus. Now, what did I just say? I don't know. I can I ask on the dating line? Uh, you want love line for car talk, car love, which is also our discussion topic tonight. Car lovers, what secrets do they hold? What powers do they have? Have you personally ever loved a car? Aaron, I, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm on fire. Uh, what kind of fire is it? It's grease fire, and it's, uh, well, it's getting pretty big. Well, uh, what you want to do with grease fire is you want to pour some water right on that. You <laughs> sure? I always thought you weren't done. Not that, 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 that. Who's in charge of this situation? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Water beats fire, then earth beats fire, and then fire stops scissors. That's the circle. Now you, now you get yourself a giant bucket of water, and you pour it all over that grease fire. Well, This Warwick from Wichita. You go for me, Warwick. The government's been stealing my money. I went to my change closet last night to locate a twenty dollars for the pizza man, and I found the president's wife rifling through my coin purse. Uh, that's a goddamn brag, Warwick. And yes, we can swear on the air here. I double dog dare the man to put me down. Well, double dog damn it! I just think I should have peace. Yeah, we'll seal myself in my change closet with my fighting up pizza pie like an average American. You keep speaking those truths, Warwick. Next up, line square root of negative one. You're probably on the air. Hi, Aaron. This time last year, first time first year. Well, it's always nice to hear from our boys in gray. I only recently discovered that Ford was made of aluminum now and not tin. Right, the old ALSN switcheroers, as we called in the biz. What's your question? Do I need to change my hat? No, but you do need to change your bat. Corbin is highly discouraged without the express permission of the commissioner. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sports reference. Centuries, everyone. What a lovely human being. Grid A14, what's your triangle? Aaron, this is Aaron, your evil twin from the reverse universe. Where I'm from, up is down, black is white, the trees are full of dogs, and I just took my bean for a walk. Well, that's incredible. If I incredible, I mean perfectly credible. Well spotted, Aaron. Soon my planet of reversibles will break through the tear, forming over the local youth hockey rink, and we will spring forth under your soft virgin soil. So much better than our hard slept dirt. If everything's reversed, then shouldn't you be dead? You're right. Goodbye. 
People, you're making me regret removing that ban I put on alternate universes. Next caller. Harry, this is an alternate universe. I find your anti-alternate universe agenda incredibly racist. Well, it just so happens that I know that the Nazis won World War II in you alternate universe, so I find you racist and overused in fiction. Why don't you call back when you heavily feature a war with Napoleon again? Fawcett, out. <laughs> now, you in the corner. You in the spotlight. You go ahead. Hello, Harry. I'm a blanket. How much can I put you down for? Comfortable. I was hunted by a whisper ghoul, and I think he put a curse on me. You think he put a curse in you? Yes, a full coin. Let me ask you this. You, can you open yourself up and remove a tampon? No. Well, then you're probably not a person. You might be a backpack. I know what I am. Somebody put a curse on me. You're a blanket made of purses. There. I hope that clears things up for you. Now it looks like we're on a break, so we'll be right back after this word from Winchester Tires. Tuning in, I'm here with in the studio with Aaron, my alternate universe doppelganger. Thanks, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here. Jasper from one of the Dakotas, you're doing something. Aaron, oh, Jasper. Good, next caller. Aaron, this is Tupple. I'm sick of everyone always mistaking me as the boy for the flute. What is the where is the how can I who did this to me? Tupple, this is a great question we have all wrestled with, but I'm afraid we're just out of time. No! We actually have lots of time. Didn't you just go on the air ten minutes ago? Yes, but I didn't like the smell of that guy. Well spot. <laughs> Hello, Aaron. Aaron, this is Helena from the dramatization. Oh, I saw her. She got rave reviews. You seem to be turning into Paul in there, Muffin. I'm selling tickets to the U of O. Well, all I have is this can of beans. All I have is this absence of a can of beans. Well, <laughs> luck. That's the exact admission price to the Yule Ball. Do they have Yule in your Yule universe, Aaron? They do. We call it maze. Well, that's as good a place as any to stop for the evening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this show tonight. Tune in tomorrow for less than whatever this was, because I won't be trying as hard. Good night, bye, everybody. <laughs> I don't... I don't know how the current listeners feel about Aaron. I, I honestly... I know there's a few of our friends who quite enjoy it, but... Yep. Uh, it, it, I, I kind of don't want to know if the answer is I don't like it. The thing is, if people don't like it, I don't give a shit. Well, this is your mustache, Charlie. Yes, it is. The thing is, I and I, I wrote a thing about this not too long ago. I gave this a lot of thought because I give these things a lot of thought because that's what I do. This is the most sarcastic voyage thing there is. Like, if you were to distill our show down to one thing. Yeah. You came up with it. I refined it. Everybody contributes. It's got it's got your weirdness in it, but it's got my sort of like straight line logic to it. Yeah. And then it's got like a little bit from all the performers adding their own things. Like it's mm. it's so us, like all of us together. It's not like here's my thing I wrote and now you guys read it. It's yeah. it's such a group effort. It's sort of the reverse of like doing a script and then doing punch up on the script. Right. No, it's what, sort of like here's a bunch of random crap. Let's make it into something. What we the the way we do these is we we uh, Matt will write a very basic skeleton of like here's Aaron's intro and like his first three calls. Yeah, and that sets the tone. That's like okay, this week he's mad about this. This week he's forced to host the pet chat show. Yeah. Whatever, just to, just to get us going. Fucking pet chat show. <laughs> 
And then, and then uh, as many of us as possible, as usually three or four of us, get on Skype and just start throwing ideas at Matt. Yeah. And whatever sticks, like I'll record the entire hour of improv, mm-hmm. and then I'll go and write a script out of that. That's that's where I come in, and I'll find the running bits. I'll try to give it some logic. I'll I'll inject some of the the, the clever stuff that no one's ever going to hear. Or, you know, stuff like that. Like I I I, I it up a bit. <laughs> And and then basically this is like the sandbox. This is where the the performers get to do whatever the fuck they want. You got an impression you don't think is going to fit somewhere. You got a weird accent that's not going to work in another schedule. Here's where to try it. And we get some amazing stuff out of these guys. And and this one was no exception. This is basically Aaron's greatest hits. My my initial compilation of this was something like 17 pages long. And I had to whittle it down to I think seven. But uh, but what we came up with, I think, was was pretty great. Yeah. And uh, the dead silence when the Winchester tires bit runs just just delights <sighs> me. That's okay. It's I, it's not funny. Is the thing. No, look, I'm perfectly happy with no one getting Winchester tires. Oh, I don't think you do, and you made it up. Yeah. Somebody offered to draw the logo once, and I said okay, but it can't have a tire. That's all I can tell you. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, oh well. There goes my idea. Yeah. Sorry, it's got very little or nothing to do with tires. I don't think uh, tires have ever come up. No, I think the most recent one, just in in the last episode in 179, you had a bit where a woman is saying, oh, we got to change our tire. And then immediately the commercial goes off the rails and she gets killed. (laughs) But it starts out as a tire commercial. That is true. All right, so this next one is another movie. I'll play the audio, but again, without the visual, it might not make total sense. This is another cow's thing. It's called activism. Jeez, what's up with those humans? Ugh, it's those PETA guys again. What's a PETA? Oh, they're these humans who think we shouldn't be tortured or eaten. I think that too. Why don't you think that? Uh, I guess I do. It's just those people really bug me is all. You're ugly political for a cow. Oh, yeah, got me there. What's this now? Oh, for the love of... What? These humans are actually angry at us. At us? What the hell do we do to them? I'm not sure if I understand the finer point, but essentially they're saying that our farts are killing the planet. Wait, what? Yeah, I guess that this stuff that comes out of our butts is methane, and methane causes global warming, and I'm almost positive that global warming is a myth. How have I spent this much time with you and not realized until just now that you're an ultra-conservative? I'm a complicated cow, I guess. There's a lot you don't know about me. Yeah, the commotion seems to have died down. Hmm, looks like the two groups are talking to each other. They appear to be reaching some kind of a consensus Uh-oh. What? What? Uh-oh. It looks like the PETA guys have said it's okay for the anti-methane guys to kill us as long as they do it humanely. What?! And as long as they promise to use every part of our corpse afterwards. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? If you're thinking, let's get the fuck out of here before I, we become a jacket, a briefcase, several stakes, and some haggis, then yes. Yes, I am. Exit stage left, then? Can we go right? I kind of prefer to go to the right. Seriously, how the hell did I not know this about you until today? This next one is probably the first thing I ever wrote that I was happy with, mm. uh, which is uh, the Fruity Pebbles. Ah, uh, yes. I had tried this kind of thing before, this take something whimsical from my childhood and try and make it dark. Mm-hmm. And I just, it like we did the hundred acre wood thing and it was okay, but it wasn't quite there. I think we did another thing and it wasn't there. And then I, this, 
And a lot of this has to do with you. My, I'm not thrilled. My Fred voice is not. It doesn't matter. That voice I, is hard to fucking do. It is. I think I do a passable Barney Rubble. Yes, you do. I would agree with that. But, I, I and, and that's all you need. If one of them is doing a voice that you recognize, the, you'll figure out who the other one is. Yeah. Well, and, I wonder who that other guy is. George Jetson? <laughs> he definitely didn't. The thing is, you could probably do George Jetson. I don't know what George Jetson sounds like now that I think about it. Uh, no, you'd have to listen to him, but yeah. he's he's got kind of a nasally, kind of a this kind Mr. of voice. Mr. Spacely. Yeah, something like that. I'll uh, make vice president for this. <laughs> Jetson, you're... Wow, the waveform on that is awesome. <laughs> uh, no, but your your read, uh, this, this was in the original uh, uh, recorded version, and I had to direct you to go back to your... <laughs> Matt, three years ago, you did this funnier. Do what you did then. Do it then. Yeah. You you gave it this real sadness. This real like, really? Joe brings me flowers? <laughs> and and your last line, and you, you did finally get there. It took me a couple of times to, to yeah. remind you what you did. And again, this isn't me having some grand vision. This mm. is, you nailed it the first time, and I'm just trying to get you back to where you were. <laughs> this is all you. But you're, the, the sadder you made, Barney, my pebbles, the funnier it was to me. <laughs> Uh, my only regret is uh, thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, we should have gone straight to black on that. That's true. I just, I mean, I like the idea because you, you, Fred Flintstone is this loudmouth. Yep. Imagining him in the pits of despair <sighs> as someone takes away his only child. While that fucking Flintstone music plays in the background. Oh, that that's I fucking well, that's love the, that. Yeah. I initially, like, I had, I just have this loop of, like, a bunch of different Flintstones music, and I thought, oh, I should chop this up, I should loop it differently, and uh, no, it, it played out really well. Yep. Pebble cereal, get you pebble cereal here. Only five plants a box. Comes in two delicious flavors, fruity and cocoa. I'm just a caveman from the Florida family. Good morning, sir. Morning, mister. Say, would you like uh, to... Don't mind me, sir. I was just... Hang on a second. Bonnie, why are you wearing that terrible mammoth head mustache? Oh, uh, you caught me fair and square, Fred. You were trying to steal my pebbles again, weren't you? Yep. That sure is what I was doing, Fred. Hang on a minute, Rubble. You were walking right by me. What's your game? I was, uh... Well, I was going to steal your actual pebbles. I beg your pardon. You're gone, Flintstone. You spent so much time selling this horrible cereal with a name on it, you've forgotten you have a daughter. Fine, what's the big idea? Fred, look at her. You can see her ribs. She hasn't eaten in a week and she's covered in her own filth. Well, we are cavemen, Bob. Don't give me that shit, Fred. We're the modern Stone Age family. Look at you. You can't even take care of your own child. Wilma spends 18 hours a day sleeping and the rest of it in the bathtub with that little elephant with the really long trunk. Watch it, Rubble. Don't think we don't all know what she gets up to in there, Fred. And you, you stop going to lodge meetings. You haven't been to a bowling tournament, I don't know how long. Mr. Slate says he assumed you got married under some rocks at the quarry weeks ago. It declared you dead, Fred. There's a grave marker with your heart hat on the top of it at the bottom of that pit. Joe Rockhead puts flowers there every morning before he starts his shift. Really? Really? Joe gives flowers? But it's all because of this terrible cereal. Fred, you know cocoa pebbles are just slightly odd-shaped cocoa crispies, right? And fruity pebbles change your shit blue. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pebbles spoil by dealing with blue shit. 
You stay out of this. <laughs> now listen, Fred. Either I take Pebbles to a good home or should be loved and cared for, or I can call Cave Protective Services. Those are your options. Lock, lock. I like Pebbles. <laughs> So this next one is called Rick Roll. Yep. Uh, this was again pretty straightforward. Just just one of my very like one joke, you know, get in, do the joke, get out kind of things. I, I'm pretty pleased with this. Pretty pleased with the uh, performances. This is the one I was talking about where Danielle cried. Yep. And the first time she did it, I was like, Jesus, is she okay? Like, oh, she's acting. Yeah, that's acting. <laughs> yeah, but I know, but I've I'm heard not heard of this. I'm not used to that. I'm used to guys being funny. Yeah. And I know Jason is a good actor, and I believe Joe has done some act. Like, I'm not familiar with his stuff, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he's done some acting as well. Like, these guys act, but I've never really heard it. For me, they just do dumb voices, and they do them well. Yes. But that's it. And so I'm not used to being acted at. It was it was unsettling. <laughs> um, but no, there's, there's great, you know, great performances in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the funny thing about this is Danielle was not aware of what Rick Rolling was. Wow, really? Yeah. And when I, uh, like, I, I the first couple of times, like I said, I wasn't quite getting what I wanted out of her. And I explained it to her. She's like, oh, I kind of, like, that's when I had my kids and I wasn't on the internet that much. And I didn't, <laughs> I never heard of that. And also she didn't know the, uh, the, the Rick Astley song. No, I remember that for the first time we ran through the, the, uh, the script. Yeah. And, and we thought, initially toyed with the idea of her maybe speaking it. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I, but I, I think it turned out really well. Yeah, no. Like, once did. she familiarized herself with what we were doing, she got the joke, she got the song. Yeah. You know, she nailed it. Hello? Oh, you're gonna say Mom? Mom, what, what is it? Mom, 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 calm down, please. There you go. What is it? I just put on a Christmas. He's doing fine. What? I just don't know what I'm going to do without him. I think I'm never going to cook him again. I'm never going to walk with him on the beach. See the sunset. Never going to. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. Mom, what the hell? So this next one is the only um, monologue in the uh, in the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, young Jason, Jason Wallace. Uh, we, we haven't actually spoken directly to him much. He's usually just on in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the pretend character of Jason was actually killed off a few episodes ago. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, Jason, I'm I I was looking. I I was in one of my like. What can we do to make the show better? What can we do to get the show noticed? It's like. Joe's a really great addition to the voice acting, uh, and and Sabrina's great. But beyond that, the rest of us are just kind of you know doing what we can. Like we're not really yeah. you know. And so I need to find some more guys. And 
so I put some ads out to uh, voice acting forums. This actually worked years ago when Famous Mark and I take a drink. Um, made a video game. We put out some, you know, hey, this is free work, but uh, if you want to voice this game, you know, come come do this. And it worked out really well for us. Yes, it did. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll try that again. And I got auditions. I got maybe 30 or 40 auditions. Most of them were not very good. A um, couple of them were all right and just didn't work out for us. Uh, Jason was outstanding and completely fits in this group, like, like just slotted right in. He flew all the way out here from Georgia to be in the show. And I, I mean, how long would it take before you, you would say he just felt like he'd always been part of this group? Like, uh, I would say by the next day. Yeah. It's just like, well. That's Jason. He's yep. always been here. There he is. Yeah. I, and it just, it Click. was, it, yeah, completely. And it's so great that that yeah. worked out for us that, that we got this insanely talented person who also we're, we're quite good friends with now. Mm-hmm. And I, because he came all the way out here, because he's so crazy talented, I wanted him to really have a chance to shine the way the rest of us, you know, like we all have, like I, I did it so we all have a moment. Yeah. Like Matt's got Aaron, I've got Marnie Rubble. Like we all have one sketch that we're completely the star of. But yeah. I wanted Jason to really have something extra special. Mm-hmm. And and this is actually something he wrote as well. Oh, shit. He wrote this too? I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, he did. I provided a tiny, minuscule, almost insubstantial amount of punch-up in the form of adding the music cues. Like, he had something slightly different in mind for that. But mm-hmm. all the text, I'm pretty sure, is entirely his. So... Uh- this this went over as well as I thought, which was very yeah. well. Like the audience clearly enjoyed this. You so. are not a good person if you don't laugh at the phrase "fear boner." So yes, just so you know, if if you don't think "fear boner" is funny, we don't want you as a listener. No, we don't. Uh, we don't think you're a good person. Right. Actually, I don't care if you listen or not. In fact, you probably should still listen. Never mind. Forget I said that. I am Banabar. Uh, not to be confused with popular character actor Bob And I have a tale for you, traveler. Come close. Terrifying, highly erotic creature. You must 
Next is a sketch called Hamlet, which is another very straightforward, very simple thing. But just, I, I mean, you know, I'm amazed no one's ever done this before. Bob does a shockingly good Bill Murray. Yeah, he does. He Actually, no, no, I'm sorry. You're wrong. He may do a good Bill Murray. I haven't heard it. What he's doing here is Lorenzo music. That is true. Yes. And he does an excellent Lorenzo music. He may yes, also he do a good Bill Murray, but I haven't asked him to, so I don't know if he can. All right, so stick around uh, for the upcoming uh, Groundhog Day sketch. <laughs> Actually, I do have a Bill Murray sketch in the works, oddly enough. Oh, excellent. So we'll see what he can do. And if and if nobody can do Bill Murray, I at least have uh, Bob's Lorenzo music in my back pocket. Yes, which means we can also do a Garfield uh, sketch. Yes, excellent. So look forward to that. No one's ever looked forward to Garfield. Where will Bob lead me? Speak. I'll go no further. Mark me! I will. My hour is almost come. But I, who stood for the tormenting flames, must render of myself. Alas, poor ghost, pity me not. But lend thy serious hearing to what I shall unfurl. Speak, I am bound to hear. Oh, thou stupid thing, when thou shalt hear. What? I am thy father's spirit. For a certain turn to walk the night, and for a day from time to past in fire. All right, boys, light him up. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not ever say booyah again. <laughs> what hast thou done here? 
Yeah, no need to thank you, sir. Uh, in fact, if you let us tuck into that wedding piece we passed on the way in, and we'll just call it square. Just be sure to tell your friends about us. All right. Uh, last last sketch of the of the audio portion uh, is a sketch called Martial Arts. This is probably I don't know. I've said this about a few different things. Maybe my favorite thing that I've written. No, I don't think that I have actually. Like I I love Mustache Charlie, but I think this is the best constructed sketch I've ever written. Just in pure terms of classic sketch comedy, of taking one thing and mapping it on another thing. Yep. I think I I just I love this. The 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 best bit of trivia about this that I just when I do something like this, I want to scream out to the to the listeners, "Look, look, look what I did." And I can't do that. But all the bullshit corporate speak in this is word for word from the mission statements of Fortune 500 companies. <laughs> like the long chunks, like every line is from like like some major company has this on a on their logo, and all their all their uh, employees have to memorize it. Poor bastards. Good lord. But I was I was so super pleased. This is another one that I think Bob totally sells. Oh, absolutely. And I also love uh, Danielle's uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shoe. Yeah. I we do. I absolutely up. do. But I also am quite fond of Sabrina's original Elizabeth Shoe. Absolutely. I would like to pit Elizabeth Shoe against Elizabeth Shoe sometime, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe look forward to that coming up. <laughs> but no, this is this is all like there's a lot of good performances in here. There's a lot of good stuff in here. But this is all Bob. This is all. Uh, <laughs> and win back my girlfriend Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> like just just fantastic. Take <laughs> <laughs> that! <laughs> That's what you get for not having color blonde hair and a rich dad. <laughs> Yeah, you tell them, Rich Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now my girlfriend Elizabeth Shue will never respect me. How can I respect you when guys with feather blonde hair and rich dads keep beating you up? I, I just... I don't know how... Forget it, David. We break up. Uh. I really need to learn how to defend myself. If only... Who are you? I'm Martin Kingswell. I'm Susan Blackhead. I can show you how to make it so guys with feathered blonde hair and rich dad will never beat you up again. <laughs> Here, let me help you out. Thanks. Six Sigma, huh? That's what I well, I know a guy back in Jersey who was ISO 9001 certified. He showed me a few total quality management moves. ISO 9001 passe, kid. Just a bunch of corporate mumbo jumbo. If you want to get on board with Six Sigma, I'm going to need your total devotion. I guess I don't have anything to lose. Results-oriented leader in my field, and to provide an experience 
shareholders' expectations in this rapidly evolving financial market. That's it, you're ready. There's nothing more I can teach you. Ah! The lungs! What? They were injured when I was younger, even though I never mentioned it before. And now they're failing. What? I'm dying! No! Oh, I'm dead. I will avenge you, Mr. Tinswell! And also win back my girlfriend, Elizabeth Chu! So then I told him, sure, you might have feathered hair, but it's brown. You'll never have Hey, substandard values provider, you want to take your controlling resources outside? Hey, that kid you beat up last month, I beat him up. You just want whatever you say, Rich Tony. Yeah, okay. You want another lesson in why not having an expensive sports car at age 16? It's a big mistake. <laughs> you got it. Let's do this. You not to maintain excellence, nor integrity in your operation. Who the hell did you learn all this? Your ethical standards do not lead the industry. So this last uh, host segment, uh, like we do on on the show, is a, a cutting back to us. Um, th this is basically the reason I wanted to record this this uh, these interstitials here. Yes, there is a big visual thing that happens near the end here. That uh, w without seeing it, you're not gonna know what it was. And that thing is, I get hit square in the face with a pie. Oh yeah. Oh my God, was it amazing? <sighs> I am. My life is complete as a comedian. I have. I have. You know, I've done it. Yep. I've been hit in the face with a pie. Yep. And you too. Like, you're the other side of that equation. You can just as easily check off a box. I have hit someone with a pie. Yep. Not not as many people can say that as you might think. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you can tell where that happens. Yep. So, here you go. Hi, it's us again. And uh, you may not remember me because uh, I was I didn't have 16 gallons of sweat on my face when we started this. <laughs> but it's me. I'm Alan. I'm still here. And I'm Matt. Um, something I didn't mention at the top, is it the top of the show? I don't remember, is it the side of the show? I feel like it's always the top of the show, no matter what it is. Top of the show, too, yeah. Alright. <laughs> something I didn't mention at the beginning of the show is that this is our fifth anniversary. This is the beginning of our five years. <laughs> our 180th episode. This isn't one of those five years, six episodes shows. Like yeah. We've actually kept up with it. And, I, I, Matt, you don't actually know this, but uh, I, I prepared little speech. Oh. Um, just uh, I, I want to thank some people. This is, oh. this is, a, this is a video. <laughs> uh, I'd like to offer my sincere thanks to everyone who helped make this show possible um, and the previous five years of podcasting possible. 
uh, the, voice, the unpaid voice acting players, many of whom traveled from distant lands to be with us here tonight. And those players and writers who couldn't make it here, but are still been a strong contributing force to the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. I'd like to particularly thank my esteemed co-host, Matt Robotham. Thank you, sir. My, my wife, Amanda, who's, who's currently holding her camera in a ridiculous device called Blint, in hopes that it will somehow be less intrusive. <laughs> I'd like to thank the, the Pocket Theater, specifically Clayton Weller. Whose dream it was to open up a theater for up-and-coming comedy performers, dovetailed nicely with my need as an up-and-coming comedy performer to find a theater. <laughs> Obviously, I'd like to thank the listeners. I'd like to thank all of those people, and so many more, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the usual move in a situation like this is to thank God, and uh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe God exists, and if he does, he probably doesn't appreciate me thinking that, so... If anything, he's actively working to hinder my progress, not help it. No, I have no one to thank, but the cruel, cold, unforgiving void of the universe. Shut up. We're born into this world alone. Every ounce of so-called success that the show has enjoyed, every dollar we've collected from fundraising, every new listener we've won over, it hasn't come from luck or the fact that we believed in ourselves, and it certainly hasn't come from God, Hell, It's come from me! In my hands, and my brain, and my uncompromising belief that comedy might, just for a moment, distract people from the horrible, empty truth of existence that we try so hard to shut out every day. Life hasn't been easy for me. The remedy served me up with the heaping, curving, heaping servings of attention deficit disorder and bipolar disorder. Not to mention the bright orange hair. <laughs> there are days when the simple act of getting out of bed in the morning is a nearly insurmountable task, but I persevered in the name of comedy. And now I'm expected to thank people because I worked my hands to bloody stumps <laughs> putting this thing together. And the hangers on want to reap the benefits of. Al, can I you for a second? <laughs> So that's that's it. That's the show. There's there's one final uh, wrap up bit here that we will run, uh, and that's all. I just I wanted to uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years, five, 180 five episodes. Five years. Just just amazing. You can um, believe that. Yeah, and uh, I said this. I'll say this in this next little bit, but I I mean it. This is the most important thing in my entire life. Like that this is, is true. this this matters so much to me, and the fact that all you guys, you Matt and and everybody are here to make this thing happen just just makes me so happy like mm. i'm i'm surrounded by incredibly talented you know incredibly like just passionate people and i love it this is this is what i wanted to do with my life and i'm i'm so fortunate to be able to do it well, i am happy and honored to be a part of it all right enough of that yeah uh here's here's the end bit and then uh next next episode uh where we'll be back with our usual shenanigans <laughs> And uh chicanery. Uh non non such. Is that a thing? Yeah, let's go with that. Non All right. such. Alright. Uh but uh, until then, we wish you as ever safe, safe journeys. journeys. <laughs> Thank you.
been taught my lesson. <laughs> Honestly, this is the part where I'm going to cry. I'm warning you now. Oh. <laughs> Comedy equals tragedy, right? This is funny. <laughs> Seriously, this show is literally the most important thing in my life. My wife is here. She understands that this is more important than she is. <laughs> It's more important than my family. Uh, I should mention, my mother called me yesterday uh, to read me a comprehensive list of everyone she knows who has cancer. <laughs> Ended the call with, oh, good luck with your little play tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, this show is, it represents just everything I've ever wanted to do with my life. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I want rich, you know, fame, fame and, and success and money and, and all that, but being able to do this thing that I love for five years, 180 episodes, it could not be done without these people without <laughs> as I said before Clayton who this place this opening this weekend and definitely come back and see the other fantastic stuff they have going on here. A uh, few of the people you heard uh, in uh, recorded bits were our voice actors that couldn't be here. I wanted to include them. I know it was a little awkward listening to people who weren't standing here, but it was very important to us that you hear everyone that, that was important to the show and touched the show. And all right, I'm going to stop before I cry now. Thanks, guys. <laughs>